0: Well, one of the things that I love the most about living in Colorado, and there's actually, there are actually a lot of things, one of the things I love the most is how much sunshine we get. We get 300 days of sunshine each year here in Colorado, and I'm especially thankful for that in the winter time, because many days here in Colorado, as most of you know, even when it's really cold outside, when the sun is shining, it, it still feels kind of warm, which is great. I grew up in South Dakota, and in the winter in South Dakota can be pretty dark. Um, the sun uh, doesn't come up until later in the mornings in the winter. It, it sets really early in the winter, and it's overcast a lot of the time, and it's cold, and it's dark, and it just feels really cold and dark. My wife and I, Kelly, we lived in Idaho for several years, and in Boise, we would get these things once in a while called an inversion. And what an inversion is, is where um, warm air and, and cold air kind of interact in this way that kind of traps pollution smog and and other air quality issue things kind of traps the pollution up against the mountains that are there outside of Boise and you'll get these periods where you just don't really see the sun and sometimes it would last for a couple days one year it was three weeks long we had this inversion and so three weeks where we just didn't really see the sun and I remember the day that the sun finally kind of broke the inversion broke I was teaching fourth grade at the time and I was working in my classroom pretty early and the sun came up and I remember it coming in the windows and I just went over to the windows and just stood in the sunlight because it just was so good to see the sun. It was warm and it was joyful. It was joyful to see the sun after weeks of of kind of darkness. I think at a basic level, we all understand the value of light. Light brings life. Things grow in the light. Plants, trees, vegetables, fruit. They, they need light to grow. Light helps us see. There are nights where maybe Kelly goes to bed earlier than I do, and, and I come in after she's in bed, and she's very thoughtful. She'll leave the hallway light on because without that hallway light, getting through the darkness of our bedroom is a little bit like running the gauntlet. Like it helps me see so I don't like trip on a pair of shoes or kick the dog's crate or something like that. Light helps us see. Light is a symbol for clarity and honesty. Like when we figure something out, it's like, oh, light bulb, I figured it out. Or like when when we're feeling confused or uncertain about something, it's like the light comes on and we understand. Light also provides safety. Think back to when you were a kid. How many of you can remember a time where you were in the darkness of your room and you were certain there was a monster in your bedroom? And then, like, maybe a parent flipped the light on, or you flipped the light on, and you realized it was just your desk chair. It wasn't really a monster. But that light helped you feel safe. When someone's driving at night without their headlights on, we flick our lights at them, we honk at them because we want them to be safe, and without light, they're unsafe. Light nourishes us and it helps us to be healthy. People often move to warmer, sunnier climates for health reasons. Kelly would love to live in San Diego, 80 degrees, sunny, almost all the time. She loves that vitamin D. Light also brings joy. Light brings joy. Seasonal affective disorder is a real thing. It's a real thing. And I think there's a reason why grunge music started in Seattle. For those of you who know what grunge music is, (laughs) um, it's not real happy, clappy kind of music. A lot of sad indie music comes out of Portland. Uh, These are kind of dark places, kind of depressing. Light brings joy. Well, in John chapter 8, Jesus says that he is the light of the world. And he's the light for our souls. And at a deeper level, the light of Jesus is what brings lasting and true joy to our hearts, regardless of, of what part of the world we live in. The reality is that every place in the world and every human heart apart from Jesus is a place of darkness regardless of the weather. But Jesus is the light who brings life. Jesus is the light who gives our lives vision. Jesus is the embodiment of truth, honesty, and goodness. Jesus provides eternal safety. He's the ultimate healer. Jesus is... True joy. Today as we look together at John chapter 8, verses 12 through 30, here's what we're going to see. It's on the screens. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. We should follow him by walking in his light together and shining his light to others. Jesus is the light of the world. We should follow him By walking in his light together and shining his light to others. So what we're going to talk about today as we think about this idea is three aspects of what it means to receive Jesus as the true light. And not just as the true light, but as our true light. We're going to talk today about receiving Jesus as our light. Not just as the light of the world, but the light for our souls. So here we go. Let's get into it. How do we receive Jesus as the true light? First of all, we need to recognize the the identity of Jesus. We need to recognize the identity of Jesus. Now, right away in the beginning of our passage, which Tyler read, verse 12, it says, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. This I am statement from Jesus is one of seven I am statements in the Gospel of John. We've already looked at the first one where Jesus says, I am the bread from heaven. Now he's saying that he is the light of the world. And in each of these I am statements, Jesus is revealing truth about his identity as God, who became a man. Jesus is bread from heaven, he's the light of the world, he's the good shepherd, he's the door for the sheep. He's the resurrection and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the true vine. Every time Jesus says, I am, and then fills in the blank, he's revealing truth about his identity. Verse 12 starts with the word again, which implies a continuation of the events that we've already looked at in John chapter 7. Jesus is at a feast. The feast of the tabernacles or the feast of booths celebration that happened in late autumn in Israel, a time each year where God's people would gather together to celebrate the faithfulness of God in providing for them as his people. And at that festival, at that feast, there were two really important ceremonies. The first one was a water ceremony. We've talked about that a couple weeks ago, where a priest would, would dip a pitcher into a pool of water and then pour it out onto the altar. And it was symbolic of God's provision for his people in the wilderness as he rescued them out of slavery in Egypt he provided water for them from a rock and as the priest would pour that water out each and every year the people would cry out to God to continue to provide for them both water for their crops and also water for their souls through the spirit in the middle of that Jesus stood up and says hey if anyone is thirsty come to me and drink and out of your soul will flow rivers of living water. That feast, Jesus said that he is living water for our souls. The second ceremony was a light ceremony. And this would happen in the the treasury of the temple or the court of women. And and during the festival of tabernacles, the feast of tabernacles, there would be these massive lampstands that were set up. And at the top of these lampstands were these big bowls, And and during the festival, priests would climb up a ladder, pour oil into the bowls, and then light that oil, and it would light up the whole city of Jerusalem. There were 16 of these bowls that were all lit up, and when it was lit up, it was supposedly the most unbelievable sight. As the torches were lit, the Levites, a group of priests, they would start singing, and then Men would be dancing around singing as the priests were leading them. It was kind of like this, this like religious rave that would happen. It was this big celebration, this party naming and celebrating the light of God. Well, Jesus stands up in the middle of all that, and he says, "I am the light of the world. I am the light." Of the world. Jesus is so intentional. It wasn't like he was just sort of like going through his day and, and he's like, you know what I should, I should, maybe today I should tell people I'm the light of the world. No. What he does, when he does it, is so intentional. And what he says is so intentional. You see, the, the, the torches being lit were a symbolic remembrance of the pillar of fire through which God revealed himself and led his people through the wilderness. As God led them out of slavery in Egypt, he revealed himself by night as this pillar of fire. And his presence was with them. And he would lead them and guide them and protect them. During the day, it was a cloud of smoke. And Jesus is saying, I am that God. I am the light. I am the fulfillment of all of that. Jesus is so intentional. And he is so clear that just as God's people in the Old Testament were were led by God by a a pillar of fire at night, following that light was to, to follow the Lord. Jesus is saying that following him is following the Lord because he's the Lord. Jesus is saying, I am that light. I am God who came into the darkness of this world to show you what is true, to show you what is real, to warm your cold hearts with my love and to nourish your souls with the light of my love. Jesus says, whoever, whoever follows me, anyone, anywhere, anytime, follows me, submits their life to me as their king, as their savior, will be filled with my light and my life and my joy forever. No matter how dark your past is, no matter how dark your present feels, no matter how dark your future looks, Jesus says, if you will follow me, you will have me as the light of your life. Guys, listen, life without Jesus is like walking alone in the woods in the darkness and coldness of night. But walking with Jesus is like coming into a cabin that's all lit up. You can see the light from the outside. You walk in, and it's filled with people who are filled with joy. And right in the center, there's this big fireplace. And everybody's enjoying one another, and and they're celebrating, but they keep looking back to the fireplace, and they keep drawing near to the fireplace. Jesus is the fire, and he lights up our hearts with his joy, and he lights up our church with his love. He draws us in. He pulls us close. Jesus says that if we will follow him, we will not walk in darkness, but we'll have the light of life he will come to live in our hearts and he'll light us up just like that cabin in the woods you know one of the things that i've heard most often as a pastor as i meet with people is some version of this like pastor i'm in a really dark place right now i feel like i'm in a really dark place i'm in a dark place emotionally i've been battling depression I've been in a really dark place physically. I just feel like so much pain all the time physically. I'm in a really dark place relationally. I just feel so isolated and alone. I feel like I'm in this dark place of hopelessness. I think so many people, and I think so many of us right now, just feel like our world is just such a dark and hopeless place. And our hearts feel dark and empty. And Jesus is saying to us today that that whoever will follow him, including us, will no longer walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He will shine the light of his joy into the darkness of our depression. He will shine the light of his comfort into the darkness of our pain. He will shine the light of his hope into the darkness of our hopelessness. He is the light of the world and the light for our souls that's his true identity just for a couple minutes i want to share some some practical ways that i think we can walk together in the light of jesus and shine the light of jesus together i want to make this real practical how do we follow jesus together jesus says whoever follows me will not walk in darkness and he's saying that to us together to follow him together the implication is if we don't follow him we're going to continue to be in darkness how do we practically do that? Let me suggest three practices for following Jesus together and shining the light of Jesus. Number one, confession. Confession. Confession is this. It's, it's letting the light of Jesus shine into the dark places of our hearts together. Hear these words from 1 John 1, 5-9. This is the message we've heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. from all unrighteousness hear this hear this sin and shame and anxiety and worry are all like mold they grow in the dark and they die in the light here's what confession is confession is not like some like religious ritual where you have to come and meet with me or meet with garrett and like give the laundry list of your sins. Confession, in the way that First John talks about it, is, is us being with other brothers and sisters in the Lord, being honest with each other about our sins, about our worries, about our weakness and our brokenness and our pain. And we bring that to one another and the light of Jesus shines into the darkness of our hearts. Like for years, as I've struggled with anxiety, One of the the most helpful practices for me in in finding freedom from anxiety is just talking with other people, particularly Kelly, about what I'm really worried about. And sometimes it's amazing, just by bringing that worry into the light with her, how I just am able to go, that's really silly. Bringing it into the light with another person, it it like kills it. So we tell each other the truth about our sin, and we ask each other for, for prayer, and we encourage each other with the good news of the gospel. That can happen one-on-one with a good friend over coffee. That can happen in a DNA group. That can happen together in community groups. We, we confess our sins. We tell each other the truth about our anxieties and our fears and our worries. And we allow the light of Jesus to shine into the darkness of our hearts. Number two, community. Not just confession, but community. Together, we walk in the light We walk in the light of Jesus together. Hear these words from Ephesians 5, 8 through 11. For at one time you were darkness. That's who you were apart from Jesus. At one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Children, plural, together. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. So together in community, we encourage one another. We celebrate walking in the light of Jesus through spirit-powered obedience. We ask others to pray for our obedience to Jesus, to follow him in the light. A couple weeks ago at our community group, Kelly just asked our group to pray for some things at work. She just brought something into the light, asked the group to pray. The group prayed. And guess what happened? She had a really great day at work the next day. And she was so encouraged as she brought that into the light together. And the Lord heard the prayers of his people, helped her walk into difficult, dark spaces at her work. We walk in the light together. Number three, evangelism. Evangelism. Just a practice of shining the light of Jesus together. This is Jesus speaking in the Gospel of Matthew, describing who we are as his people. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Why? So that they may see your good works and in turn give glory to your Father Who is in heaven. In other words, as a community of light, we are to really shine and proclaim the good news of Jesus, to practice good deeds in this world together. So we come here on Sundays, we gather together, we enjoy the light of Jesus, and then we scatter from here into different places throughout the week. And in those scattered places, we shine the light of Jesus in our city together we point other people to the light we introduce other friends and neighbors and coworkers to Jesus as the light of their soul that's evangelism confession community evangelism these are ways that we together walk in the light of Jesus and shine the light of Jesus we need to we need to recognize his identity and then together walk in his light as his people leads to the second thing. Not only do we truly recognize the identity of Jesus, number two, we need to humbly recognize the authority of Jesus. So we recognize his identity as the light. We also need to recognize his authority as the light. After Jesus makes this statement about being the light of the world and and really having the light of life as we follow him, the Pharisees, the, the Jewish religious leaders, begin to once again argue with him. They don't receive him as the light, they reject him as the light. They were representing a type of darkness, pride, self-righteousness, unbelief, and they challenged Jesus. Verse 13, they don't even really address his claim. Like Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Like I'm fulfilling this ceremony that's happening right now in the most wonderful way. Whoever follows me will no longer walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. They don't even like address his claim. They just try to dismiss him on a technicality. They're like, "Look, Jesus, you're bearing witness about yourself. You're saying these things, but like, there's no one to verify your testimony. So why should we listen to you?" They're trying to reject him based on a technicality. Verse 19. They refuse to listen. They won't consider his teaching, but instead they continue pressing against his authority. The the Pharisees weren't leading people to salvation, but to death, not to light, but to darkness. And verse 19 gives their root problem. Look at verse 19. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? Because Jesus says, look, I'm not just like testifying on my own. The father sent me. He testifies to the truth of who I am. And then verse 19, Jesus says... Or verse 19, they say to him, where's your father? Like, we don't see him. Where's he at? Jesus says, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. They don't know God. They don't really know the father, and so they can't really know his son And so instead of accepting Jesus, they argue with Jesus. Instead of trusting him at his word, they try to trap him in a technicality. Instead of receiving, they rebel. They argue. They're looking for loopholes. Let me ask you a hard but important question. How are you relating to the authority of Jesus in your life right now? How are you relating to Jesus as the light of your soul are you seeking to walk with him in the light or are you looking for for loopholes and and technicalities and ways to avoid walking in the light with him how are you responding to jesus as your king like i thought of this illustration it's like jesus says that he's the light of the world and if we follow him we won't walk in the darkness but we'll have the light of life and so imagine like I've got this headlamp and I put it on and this headlamp is going to help me navigate in the darkness it's going to show me where to walk and what danger is there what 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 I can't see without this following Jesus is like walking in the light of this lamp but if I put this thing on and then I turn it like this it's not going to do me any good I'm going to continue to walk in darkness. I'm I'm rejecting the light that I've put on my head. And some of us are like that in our relationship with Jesus. We've said, Jesus, you're the light of my life. But then we're just continuing to walk in darkness and disobedience. We're defying him as our authority. And Jesus is saying, look, my light is what's best for you. I want to lead you in what's good and true and beautiful. It's not always going to be easy. In fact, a lot of the time it's going to be hard, but it's always going to be good. I'm always going to lead you to what's best for your soul. It might not feel like what's easiest for your life, but it's going to be what's best for your soul. And a lot of us are just rejecting his authority. Just like these Pharisees, we're just like, nah, I'm not going to follow you, Jesus. I'm not going to trust you. Jesus is saying, follow me and you will have the light of life. We need to recognize. His authority. Third thing, last thing, we need to faithfully respond to his message. So we recognize his identity, we recognize his authority, and then we have to respond to his message. In verses 21 through 29, the Jews, they continue in their confusion, they continue to reject Jesus. Jesus tells them that he's going back to heaven After he dies and and rises from the dead, he's going to ascend to heaven. He's going back to the Father. But because of their unbelief, they will not follow him there. And then in verse 24, Jesus just gets right to it. He says, unless you believe, you will die in your sins. Unless you believe, you will die in your sins. Jesus is saying that unbelief, rejecting the light, is like a person trapped in a cave. And they, they see this little flicker of light out ahead of them, but instead of moving toward the light, they just crawl deeper and deeper and deeper into the darkness. And that's where unbelief and rejection of Jesus leads us, just deeper and deeper into the darkness toward death, spiritual death, separation from God now and forever. In verse 28, Jesus says that that the moment that his light is going to shine in the most non-ignorable way would be through his death and his resurrection when he would be lifted up. Lifted up to die on a cross, placed in a grave, and then three days later rising up from death. That's going to shine his light. People will know his true identity when he conquers death. And verse 30 says that some people believed. Some people believed. In fact, many believed believed many who were there received jesus they heard what he said they responded to his message and they believed the pharisees rejected him some in the crowd received him and they believed now later in john's gospel in john 12 john says this about those who believed He said, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of the light. In other words, believing led to transformation. They became sons of the light. That's what coming to Jesus does. He comes to live in us. His light shines in us, and then his light shines through us. He changes our identity. He changes our purpose in life and our eternity. Belief is receiving the light. That's like the person in the cave who sees the light and then moves joyfully toward the light. Let me share the good news of Jesus with you this way. It's up on the screen. This is the great news of the message of Jesus, the identity of Jesus. Listen to this. On the cross, this is the truth. On the cross, Jesus stepped into darkness, the ultimate darkness, the darkness of death. He stepped into that darkness for us. Why? So that we could walk in his light. He stepped into the darkness of death for us so that when we receive Him, we could have the light of life. When Jesus came to live on earth, He gave up heaven to give us heaven. He experienced a literal hell on the cross so that when we receive Him in faith, we could experience a literal heaven with Him now and forevermore. He gave up heaven to give us heaven, and He's saying to us today, If we will believe in Him, if we will receive Him, recognize His authority, recognize His identity, give our lives to Him, then we'll have joy. Joy for our souls when we're surrounded by sorrow. We'll have His peace. Peace when our hearts are walking through trouble. Hope for our lives when everyone and everything around us feels so incredibly hopeless. Let me remind us again of the heart of this passage, the heart of what Jesus is saying. Jesus is the light of the world. He's the light of the world. And if we will follow him together, walking in his light, shining his light to others, we will know his joy. As I lead us into a time of prayer, before we celebrate the Lord's Supper together, let me, let me invite you to just consider these things that we've spoken about. One, consider where you are in relationship to the light of Jesus. Are you receiving him as your light or are you rejecting him as your light? Two, are you with others, walking in the light, honestly, humbly, confessing sin, praying for for help, admitting weakness and need? Are you telling other people about him, shining his light? Have you really received his message? Have you really put your belief in him alone to save you and rescue you, to be your Lord and leader? If not, then right now where you sit, I want you to do that, just to be honest with Jesus. Whether you're here with us or at home with us, be honest with Jesus. Come into the light of Jesus right now and receive him as your light. Let's pray. Jesus, I'm so grateful that you are not only the light of the world, but you're the light of this church. You are the light for our souls. Jesus, far too often we reject you as our light. We try to find our own way, go our own way, walk our own path away from you. And you just lovingly, graciously, patiently call us back to the light. We wander off, we drift off into the darkness again, and you say, come back to the light. I'm here. I love you. I'm not going anywhere. Come walk in my light. Receive me as the light. Find life in me as your light, Jesus. You are so faithful and patient and kind and good. I pray now, Jesus, that you would shine the light of your truth into our hearts. If there are places where we're hiding from you in shame, bring us out into the light. If there are places where we're not wanting you to shine, little secret sins or, or, or hidden grudges or, or just places where we've really dug our heels in and said, nope, not there, Jesus. Every place else, but not there. Would you free us out of that foolishness? Just... Just help us quit being little babies about that kind of stuff and just come to you. Find light in you. Life in you, Jesus. Help us stop acting like spiritual toddlers and just walk as as children of your light, growing up to become strong in the light. Free us, Jesus. Jesus to walk with you in the light to have joy in you in the light and to shine your light to others we pray all these things in your name Jesus you're good your mighty your wonderful name amen